0: the run throws, and that's caught
2: for a touchdown! Taylor
3: Gabriel will run into the end zone. And on second and goal, gonna throw the Fade, and there's Jones, and good luck trying to stop that. Ryan fires, and that is caught for a
4: touchdown by Austin Hooper. Matt Ryan throws his fourth touchdown pass of the night. Matt Ryan. Making it look easy on Thursday night. Football 43-28. to 28. Atlanta Falcons take care of business in the NFC South. And to me, just another week where Matt Ryan put another little, little part of his MVP candidacy on display for everyone to watch. He was on fire today.
3: Yeah, they made it look easy. They actually made it look easier than the final score would suggest. They blew some opportunities in the first half, in cor- including my whipping boy Josh Perkins, mm. uh, a tight end for the Falcons, who dropped an easy touchdown. It wasn't a perfect throw, but tight ends should make that play. Falcon- <laughs> Why you gotta
4: focus on that? This uh, is a perfect game for them, just about. They because this could have been
3: easily just like that September game from two years ago when they scored fifty six points. They could have,
4: they could have flirted with sixty in this game. By the way, that's that's Chris Wesseling the mailman, didn't even introduce him. He's so famous, he doesn't really need an introduction. But uh, this is our Week 9 preview show, of course, and we're going to get to Dan Hansis, Mark Sessler, uh, in just a few minutes to go through all the Week 9 games. But but this team, the Falcons, they pick up 20 yards, to me, easier than any team I've seen in a while. It's just like 20-yard chunks, 20-yard chunks. It just, he makes it look so simple, the anticipation, the accuracy. He's just feeling it right now, and, and you pointed out to me an NFL research note. They are averaging more yards per play right now, the Falcons, than any team since, what, the 99 Falcons? 2,000 Rams, the greatest show. I on mean, the, right, the, the 2001 Rams.
3: That's insane. 2,000 Rams, greatest show on turf. That's more than the 2007 Patriots, more than the 2013 Broncos. This, this is an explosive, dynamic offense, and they didn't even have Tevin Coleman, who had been the biggest mismatch of any running back in the league in the passing game this year.
4: But they did have Austin Hooper, who I think it might need to stay as the starter when Jacob Tamme comes back. Or either way, they they have two good t- tight end options there. They have Taylor Gabriel, who's just so fast when they use him. You know, he, he's too small to touch the ball ten times a game, but he he's a weapon.
3: Well, he's one of the waiver pickups of the year, and, and it's to the credit of Kyle Shanahan and Matt. Ryan, that they use so many different guys and play to their strengths in a limited role. That trio of tight ends is
4: on pace for 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. It's like a Tony Gonzalez season. And, And Julio Jones explained after the game kind of how hard this offense is to cover. He basically said, they're double covering me. They're sending all sorts of coverage at him throughout the first half. And the Falcons are going up and down the field. So the first drive of the second half, the Bucks made a little bit of an adjustment. They tried to do some other things, get creative. Basically, he had Hargrave's in single coverage, so he just catches three or four passes right on Hargraves, goes right down the field, looked like an adult playing against a kid on the touchdown, and he ends up with, with a relatively quiet 8 for 111. That's just what he does. And he'll end up with about 30 fewer receptions
3: this year and almost the same amount of yards because he's a more efficient player, and he's the engine
4: that makes the best offense in the NFL go. 6-3 and three now for the Falcons. I don't think this team is going to fade. I don't think there's going to be an NFC South race. I don't think the Falcons let the Saints or Panthers get back into it. Forget the Bucks. I know they're only 3-5, and five, but they're one of the worst teams in the league. And I think you, what you really saw in this game, one of the biggest differences was the pass rush, that the Falcons have a pass rush, and the Bucks absolutely do not. Matt Ryan felt no pressure, but uh, Adrian Claiborne, Vic Beasley, both playing pretty well.
3: Yeah, I made a joking comment that Adrian Claiborne is a defensive player of the year candidate. He's not that, and he might not make the Pro Bowl. But this is easily his best season, and he's been
4: he's been getting in quarterbacks' faces for a month now. We, we've we've said it here, and I think Collinsworth had a good point that you could see this defense playing a lot better by the end of the season. They're they're not a good defense now, but you can see the parts that they have. They have some talent that I think they could come together and play. You could see maybe week 15 playoff, you could see them putting together four or five good weeks where they're a slightly above average defense, and that's enough for this team to maybe go to the Super Bowl. There's a weird dichotomy at play
3: with them because they already have more sacks than all of last season, but they have also given up more uh, passing touchdowns than all of last season. And Desmond Trufant,
4: by far their best cornerback, left this game with a shoulder injury and never returned. Well, quickly, we don't want to spend too much time on this game. Jameis Winston left with a knee injury late. It sounded like after the game he was fine. Uh, That's what he told reporters. And he was walking around talking to everyone. This, to me, was the typical Jameis Winston performance of the year. I think if you watched the game, you saw the talent. You saw the old man crafty kind of crazy plays. You saw him being a little reckless with his body and taking a huge hit at the goal line. And you saw... Just, you know, that he's not good enough to carry a lousy franchise. He's good, but, you know, it's just not good enough.
3: You also saw uh, Mike Evans, whom even Desmond Trufant couldn't cover. And once he left, the Falcons cornerbacks had no chance. Mike Evans is having a Pro Bowl year,
4: borderline All-Pro. Wow, the one-handed catch by Evans on the sideline before he took a shot. Was maybe the catch of the year, a one, best one I've seen, a one-handed catch, and then he just got absolutely blasted right under the chin. I mean, Winston took uh, one under the chin and uh, on his back on a play that he switched to his left hand. I, I think they're, I think they are who we thought they were, Winston and Evans. It's just a bad team. Yeah, they don't surround them
3: with good players. Back to the Falcons before we sign off. I think this team is here to stay. They're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Agree. And they're one of the top five teams to watch as far as excitement. And they they close out the season after the bye week with four of
4: six home games, too. You didn't say it, so I'll say it. I'm out of my chair getting excited. The press is so fired up about the Falcons. Uh, fun team, even though it wasn't that fun a game. They provided some entertainment. Hopefully, we will do the same. Let's go to Dan and preview
0: the Week 9 games. The Around the NFL Podcast has majority ownership in the Portland River Hogs. Welcome back to
2: another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Um, came up with a great new term uh, before the show today. We all as It was kind of like a little group think when you really get, like, banged in a big spot. You just got Wested.
1: I mean, specifically banged by, you know, verbally by Wes. Yeah,
2: an individual, Chris
4: Wesley. Oh, you just got Wested. But I think it could apply even if Wes isn't involved. Well, if it carries. If someone just stops you cold in a big spot, you got Wested.
2: Yeah. Well, as somebody that brought back the Dean screen, I could tell you it's not easy to bring things back or create Ah! things. To be a creator. Uh, But I think this one has the legs. Where's the derivation of this? Hmm. What do you mean? How did it start?
1: I don't know. Well, it's, it's, how, does, how does anything start? We right? were just chatting, but it, I think it needs a sort of primary powder keg moment where almost everyone involved, the whole nation would say, this thing involved Wes, and then it becomes a verb and it changes well, how about from this? There. Yeah.
2: Super Bowl 51, Patriots up 27, or down 27-25. You know, they're driving down the field. Mm-hmm. Wes runs out on the field. Completely nude, punches Tom Brady in the face, knocks him out of the game. <laughs> Patriots lose because Jake Brisket fails. And what Ooh, happens?
3: Slides me off a piece of that.
2: What's it's the a, the only, only way you can look at things afterwards? You just got wasted. <laughs>
1: it's a plausible scenario. I love it, and I think Dan, you would need to, you know, you need to tweet that out,
4: and then it just gets retweeted yeah. by you. Definitely,
1: ha- we're only halfway thousands. there once yeah. the knockout happens. Yeah.
4: You would definitely write about that on the end around.
2: Yeah, that's an end around post for sure. Uh, This is the Thursday edition, late Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast sponsored by uh, Mr. Flames economic class in the in the Hague, the Netherlands. Still there. Still there. Maybe he moved his uh, his classroom of uh, gentle giants, Uh, but he has not. Um, Congratulations to the Chicago Cubs who won the World Series in seven games. Uh, yes, the Cubs, who came back from a 3-1 deficit. Play ball! And uh, forced the game seven, and then won that game seven.
1: But why do we need the sound effects to translate what's happening here?
4: For once, I want a shadowy league figure to tell us we can't use some sound drop.
1: You guys That's have bad it. memories. You don't right remember? Strike three,
0: you're out!
4: Yes. I remember it. Oh, sorry guys.
3: Best best game seven you've ever seen?
2: It's a great one. I would put it right up there. Probably. Given all the history involved. For baseball specifically, I would say yes. I would. And I feel ba- I feel bad for all those Indians fans, including Tom Blair, who works downstairs, does a great job for us. Came to work with a stiff stiff upper lip, but uh him and Millions of other Indians fans. Do they have millions of fans? Mark, you tell us. You're the Cleveland resident. They've
1: got. Time. Well, I I've sensed all along that I've not been allowed to participate in this uh, this baseball aspect because it's <laughs> like Mark doesn't like baseball. So even though this I'd, lifelong I'd... Cleveland fan is sitting three feet from Tom Blair, all all comments will be pointed specifically at Tom Blair about Wait, the you're Indians saying that you but you always said you're a Browns the, fan. The you're not, not. a. Other. I I will say this. I root. Hardcore for the city of Cleveland. There I have no other loyalty than the mm. Cleveland Browns and I watched that city. I watched That's Craig I Elo against Jordan. I watched both Indian series that they lost in the in the nineties. I rooted hard for them because of the city. That said, it's an impossible fix to go up against the Cubs and not realize that you are going not the villain role. It did play out a little bit on Twitter, and I watched part of this at a restaurant in L.A. and it was unbelievable. Was L.A. diehard. Well, L.A. is just absolutely a bandwagon jumping town, number one. But the whole place was like 98 percent. Cubs, but I get That's it. It's representative of the of the country. I think so too. I get it. It was it was not an easy PR angle for for the Indians. And, and congratulations to Cubs fans. There are a lot of loyal Cubs fans in our office too, I, at least I, today.
2: I honestly thought that you were just Brown specific, and you clear. And you, I remember you not at all. for the Cavs, but it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, like I was with you during you were that. Actually, like invested in it. And well the Indians uh, cuz you I, usually have kind of a i may not have
1: telecast my feelings strong enough you know at the multiple Cavs games we went to because it meant a lot for that city to get the monkey off its back and now they're treated as if they are you know sports version of the New England Patriots where too much success for the city of Cleveland go back go be put back in your place now
3: to those who who say that you don't know baseball there's twitter evidence that your sources discovered Chris Bryant <laughs> when he was still in the minor leagues, and what you is- were all over that, you reported that how they were going to handle his promotion, how he was going to do once he got to the Cubs. I feel like Mark put his stamp on the Chris Bryant story.
2: Hmm. That all sounds totally made up. No, it's out there.
1: Well, actually, tweeted. I sent this to you last night in a text. I know Dan it- has just gone a complete blackout of anything Mark Cesler related well, to. But this I- was this was a. They, a a fortune telling tweet from 2014
2: about Chris Bryant. I can't. I can't let society think that Mark's in on baseball. I can't allow it. As, I know. As, it's it's, it's, it's what I'm saying.
1: Fan. It's a campaign of yours to <laughs> shut me out of this experience, and I've not said anything, but I have certainly noticed it. All right. Okay. And it is a very odd stance for you to be taking because it's a Listen. sport that you want people to embrace, and yet you are shutting close friends out of the experience. It feels <laughs> slightly possessive and slightly bizarre.
2: Okay. I mean, that's fair criticism. But is it? If, if you're going to be in, I want you all the way in.
1: Well, I won't, I won't do that. Okay. Uh,
2: all right. Today's edition of the event, you just heard at the top of the show, uh, the recap from the scientists of the Atlanta Falcons-Tampa uh, Bay Buccaneers game, uh, which is um, now in the books. But we still have a bunch of games to talk to, ten, talk about 10 games to talk about, including uh, Monday Night Affair. So, um, so much to get to, Greg. So much big show, so much football to get into. So why don't we start with the 1 p.m. games and the first game we'll talk about here. The Detroit Lions traveling to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Uh, And of course, we have some news uh, to get to off the top involving the Vikings and their offensive coordinator, Norv
1: Turner.
2: Oh, you know, we all decided that this was a group thing. What was that? Wait, what was that? I didn't hear it. Team
1: of AT Hell.
2: Team of AT Hell. That's come on, <laughs> grow up.
4: <laughs> what was that? you're saying <laughs> who should grow up? Sydney? <laughs> she made that? I don't. Think I don't think Sydney, Sydney did that Sydney on her own.
1: Sydney, you're a truthful person who provided the uh, the verbalization for the last part of the the hell part of that. Who? I want you to tell the truth. <laughs> uh, listen, I really no, no, like no. my job. Tell
2: the truth. <laughs>
1: I don't what? actually know his
2: name. Yeah, he doesn't know. She doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. <laughs> Norv Turner. Who knows who did it? Norv Turner has resigned as offensive coordinator of the Vikings. A, a sudden resignation, one that no one saw coming. And Greg, what what do you make what do you make of this? What are you hearing? Uh, read between the tea leaves for us uh, with this resignation.
4: I'm not hearing anything. Uh, oh, okay. uh, Maybe NFL a podcast insider. Greg, I'm. Most- uh, <laughs> It sounded like Norv Turner didn't like the direction he was getting from his boss, and he respects Mike Zimmer, but he didn't want to continue to coach his offense with uh, Zimmer apparently having some ideas, having some restrictions, wanting him to do things a certain way. He just couldn't agree. He get out. It's a bad I, sign. I think there's though. another element to this too, in that this
1: trade for Sam Bradford, and and listen, I have something to talk to you about on the Team of ATL next week. We'll get to it then, but. There is something to be said that the deal was largely pushed for by Pat Shermer, who was at the time the quarterback's coach and now is the play caller. And that in that. This is a Palace coup? I'm just saying that Shermer and Bradford. Their careers have been linked for many years. And I wonder if Turner felt either that he was not – I don't know if it's a power issue, but there was a a lot going on here besides Norv Turner just running the offense without any sort of checks and balances.
4: There was a report on NFL Network. People thought going into the year this was going to be Norv Turner's last season in Minnesota. Tea leaves. For some of these philosophical differences, they – Brought in Shermer and Tony Sperano, two former head coaches, into the staff this year. So there was something bubbling up even before. All right, but if it, were, if it were truly toxic, I
1: mean, Scott Turner, who remains the quarterback's coach, is still on the team. So it tells you that, and I, I do believe that there is respect between Zimmer and Norv Turner. It's not like a burn down no. the house type thing. I think he wanted
2: out. Well, here's not the thing. Vikings time. have played seven games. Uh, they have 11 touchdowns on offense, so they got to get better. We'll see if they can against the Detroit Lions, who um, aren't world beaters on defense. And the and the best news for the Vikings after two straight losses, um, number one, they're still five and two, which is very good position to be in. But number two, Wes, uh, they they their home field advantage has been excellent so far. They feel like they're in a good spot here.
3: It's not a small factor. I think a lot of people who have followed football for years believe that offensive line play in particular struggles on the road versus at home because you can hear the snap count you can brace for the edge rushers coming at you and I think this is a welcome trip home for that Vikings offensive line that has really you know given up so
1: much so much pressure on the road the last two weeks I mean two sacks or 11 sacks for Bradford over the last two weeks you know they they signed Armonte Monty Bryan and he actually been playing pretty well for the Lions and he was part of their pass rush he's out suspended Kerry Hyders he's gotten pressure as well, but it's not, it's not the Eagles. And it's not that it's, it's, no, it's not the gonna... worst.
4: It's arguably right. the worst defense in football. I mean, I would put the Browns lower, I but the lions have been in the mix for the least effective. So if ever you were going to have a game uh, to protect him well, this would be it because your boy, Sydney, our producer, Ziggy anza I mean, you put some sandwiches on Ziggy anza getting a lot of sacks and, uh, that's not happening.
2: He might have less sacks than you owe sandwiches by the end of the season. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: what a sad, sad day.
2: Yeah.
4: Mm. He is healthy again, apparently. He's playing.
1: So, Does this team need to start lining up an extra tackle and in going multiple two or three tight end sets to even keep this offensive load?
3: Yeah. Yes. I think you need to put a tight end out there. You need to chip block. You definitely need help for that tackle.
2: I mean – this is obviously not a must-win team, a game for a five-and-two team, but I think it is. They got to win this game. I, I think mean, it is, to be honest. You stop the snowball here because there's a lot of bad vibes around the team right now, and you're in a good spot. The Lions are a nice frisky team, but they're not a great team. You got to win this ball game. You got the in Redskins,
1: the Cardinals, Lions, and Cowboys coming up next for Minnesota. Uh, three weeks ago, we would have thought you can mow go three and one down that stretch with the team we were seeing. It's hard to pick what games they're going to win with the way that they've, they've been playing.
2: Uh, let's move on, gentlemen, and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants and NFC East showdown here uh, between two four and three teams. Uh, I think there was a general feeling that uh, the NFC East was going to go right down to the wire, and perhaps it still may. But right now, it, it kind of seems as things stand, that the Cowboys are little to a lot better than the other three teams, and everyone else is close packed, to, uh, closely packed together. Wes, do you see that? See it that way with the Eagles and Giants?
3: Yeah, I think they are two similar teams, and and I know the Eagles roared out to a strong start, but over the last four weeks, they've been outscored by their opponents. And in the last two weeks, Carson Wentz is the only quarterback in the NFL not to complete a pass of 15 or more air yards, Mm. which is the biggest problem with the Eagles' offense right now. They have no downfield element. The receivers aren't very good. And I know we've given credit to the Eagles because Jim Schwartz, with the same players Chip Kelly had, is basically getting it done and, and turning out a great defense. But the offense is not. And the only team with fewer big plays this year is the 49ers. So I
1: don't know if this is the chip imprint that he left these players in Philadelphia that can't make plays. It's funny because the Niners also have a, a massive legacy. issue at wide receiver. And you cannot get through an NFL season with a talent poor pass-catching crew, and they, if they masked it to some degree early on, Jordan Matthews played very well in the early part of the year. The game plan against the Cowboys was very clear. We are not going to test the field, and the right. Giants
4: secondary makes that tough. I think the, I think Carson Wentz played well against Dallas. I mean, he executed what they wanted him to do for the most part. They had four or five drops, Aguilar and Doriel Green-Beckham. It's a, it's a woeful starting combination. They had to cut Josh Huff uh, because of his arrest this week. He wasn't a huge factor, although he'd been helping on special teams quite a bit. And they have to go against the Giants' secondary, which is one of the best in the league. You're trying to find some open guys with Al Gallar, Dorio Green-Beckham, and Zach By the way, where... Zach Ertz... They're many not ca- on the same hey, page. Hey, yes, Zach Ertz, where are you? I think he's had about seven or eight catches the last you know, six weeks or something like that. Going up against Rodgers, Cromartie, and Landon Collins, who's Janoris playing Jenkins fantastic. is fantastic. Well. And Janoris Jenkins like, good night. This it, is going to be a 10-6 game. Well, on top of it,
1: you've got a running game where the coach had to come out and clarify for beat writers that Ryan Matthews is still the lead guy this week, coming off a game where he had eight snaps. He's had three or four games over the last month where he's had around eight or 11 snaps, and Darren Sproles is dominating but
4: playing had, time. Running game is not a problem for them. They, they, almost been, just, they just have three or running four the guys, ball. though. They've been running the ball pretty well. Giants haven't had... Over 45 yards rushing in three weeks as a team. That's hard to do. As a team, they haven't topped 45 yards. What about your boy, though, Odell Beckham? From week nine to the end of
1: the year, over his That's career, there's no better receiver in the league from week nine on. It is his time,
2: but you need the quarterback and the play caller to get you the ball. And how's his hip? Is that a real issue to track uh, going forward? Hey, I know this, uh, this game is evenly matched, 10-6. I like the sound of that, Greg. Not bad, but I don't like this matchup at all for the Eagles. I think they will rue the day they let that uh, Dallas game get away from them. I think it could change the complexion of their entire season, and I don't like them going on the road here where their offense isn't playing that well, and they're not going to be able to challenge downfield, and I think, I don't know, but I think the Giants are eventually going to start playing better on offense, and I see it happening here. I'm so confident, in fact, Chris Wessling. So confident that the metal ends that's where you'll find my lock. You're going to lock it up? Of the week. <laughs> lock it up, baby. Seal it up. Throw away the key. Well, it's not a key. It's one of those turn things. Throw away the combination. Don't need to get in there. It's already locked up. Dan, really selling it. I mean, you sounded stunningly <laughs> like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it was a very... Uh, Good 70s ref. I knew it. I got it.
1: Eagles are done for the year. Why? Because Dan
3: just locked it up. First of all, and you do not want to be the team that's ruining the day. What oh, they're yeah. ruining the day?
4: Well, Never
2: want to ruin the day. Well, I,
4: well, we we picked this game, by the way, in our NFL. Pick 'em show, which oh, very nice. everyone should watch. I'll
2: read the copy here on, Greg. on
4: Saturday. What time? I you won't know, let you read see the it. copy.
2: NFL Network, eight thirty AM, twelve thirty PM, and 1.30 AM when you're drunk. Nice and sauced. Well that's all
4: that's all Eastern. If you're
2: on the oh, uh, yeah, Pacific yeah. coast like us, you know,
4: back it, it up three hours.
2: And if you're in the UK or elsewhere overseas, you bang. Well, well I already I already know
4: what our picks Sorry, are for guys. this uh, game and what I got a that's? hero pick on the old Eagles.
1: Well, too. you better hope that happens, Greg. They play the Falcons, Seahawks, Packers, yeah. and Bengals after this. So rue the day! Season.
2: You're going to rue the day, baby! All right, let's move on.
4: Schedule's tough.
2: Next up, my New York Jets, uh, who have won two in a row. You know, I, I, I sneaky, I'm not going to say I bought back in, but Hope is still in the building at us Manor here in Culver Don't City. do it. Uh, I know I know, I shouldn't, Wes. I can't control myself. They're 3-5. and five. A win over the Browns swayed you that heavily. <laughs> <laughs> Back-to-back wins. Listen, I am a fan that is always hopeful. Yeah. Optimistic fan. Like it or not, that's just who I am. I wish it wasn't that way. But I look at this schedule <laughs> and I say, <laughs> that's a uh, pulse, baby. There's a gleam, gentlemen, and there's also a pulse. <laughs> The Jets are 3-5. and five. They go to Miami now to face a Dolphins team that's playing better. I, I think I rightly uh, made sure they weren't forked because they're a little bit frisky right now. And I, I honestly think there's a very good chance, uh, all kidding aside, the Dolphins win this game. In fact, I took the Dolphins uh, for our Pick'em Show. show. Oh. I do think that the Jets – I don't think the Jets are good. I'm just saying if they got this win and then they got the Rams at home, 5-5 five and five the bye week, not a crazy thought. But, Greg, I I mean, I don't see it. Are you
4: annoyed? Are you annoyed at this point that the Dolphins, down on their luck after that ugly Thursday night game, listened to the podcast as they always do? Always. They heard that Dan Hansis was not going to fork them, and they thought, you know what? No one else believes in us, but old Danny boy does. Let's start running the ball with Jay Ajayi. Let's start playing hard. Let's do it for Dan. Now they're three and four. You turn their season around.
2: It's a weird way to look at things, but I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take At it.
4: least you have, you
1: know, one of your defensive stalwarts, Sheldon Richardson, telling the media, "I'm the odd man out."
2: What, you know what, though? Well, he's right. He probably shouldn't say it, but well, he is. It's I'm not saying
1: he's wrong. It's just that's. you th- trying to th- trade th- Sheldon? This yeah, is the but- mindset you're going into trying to stop a running back that's had 200 yards back.
2: Well, to I'm not. Back. I don't think he'll have 100 yards. I think if the Jets lose, I don't think it will be because they get shredded by JJ as much as I like the guy.
3: It was so refreshing last year. That the circus was gone when Rex left. That Todd Bowles kept everything under control. There was no drama. And this year, the circus is back. You've Mm. got Ryan Fitzpatrick going off on people. The Geno Smith factor. You've got Sheldon Richardson calling himself the odd man out. And why are they trying to trade him anyway?
2: Revis telling a reporter that he's basically washed up. (laughs) Yeah, the circus
4: is back in town for the Jets. That's not a good sign. They... they Need to ha- the circus is almost a good thing for McCagnon and Todd Bowles and everyone to distract them from the real problem is that they never develop anyone. This team doesn't have Quincy anyone Anunua. homegrown. They got Quincy Noonwa. Okay, Leonard how about Williams? Th- they have yeah, they have Leonard Williams, but er- they lose yeah. Eric Decker, and it's like the most devastating thing in the world. Fitzpatrick free agent, Marshall free agent. Uh, who else we got? Well, Durell free agent. Who they did develop it it's all well and brought back on yeah. on offense you have nothing to build around your older players you know Nick Mangold's not in this game Muhammad Wilkerson's probably not in this game they're not giving him what Ryan they Clady, expected I think training.
1: I think part of this is the it's easy to say that and I agree with you that they're, they're built as an older team that's that's expensive but they got some expensive parts but you had you had the uh What's his name? The Iceberg or whatever. What was it called? The Glacier. The Glacier. John Idzik. It, John Idzik, who they came in and wanted to make good with the fans and do undo some of the harm that Idzik... Created in terms of not bringing in players, you you overpay Revis to get him back in the building, and it was you. I thought the trade for Brandon Marshall was inexpensive and and good. Absolutely, a but trade. a lot of other things they've done are it's it's patches with veteran players. You right. have to develop younger guys, but they're only in they're only a year and a half into their into their they regime.
2: Only, listen, and we say it all the time: the the Jets. I think things would be a lot better off if Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been like the guy he was last year. But once he reverted back to being Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then the double trouble hit of Revis going off a cliff, which nobody really saw to this well, extent, they were done. They he's just, been fine in the last game and a
4: half since they brought him
2: back because who? they have a running game.
4: Fitzpatrick, he's been okay. I mean, but that's what he looks. That's what he was last year. Ultimately, people dropping some interceptions. They don't have Decker, but you give him a little bit of a running game, and you know he looks pretty good. If you lose this
1: game, do you want to see Bryce Petty? Dan, or, you, or do you still think there's a chance for the playoffs? Uh, no, or...
2: they need to get to the bye at 5-5-1, five, five or 5-5. Five and five. They really do. Okay. So I, want, I, I, want... I would love to see Bryce Petty
4: if, if they lose one of these next two games. I am sneaky excited about this game because the winner will have won three straight games and feel very good about themselves, will have come back from the dead. And I love the Ajayi versus the Rush defense matchup. It's a good battle. Because if nothing else, the Dolphins kind of said, hey, this is who we are now. And no one tries to even run against the Jets. And Jay Ajayi, we kind of throw it off like, oh, yeah, he had 200 yards back to back games. That's insane that Jay Ajayi, he's going to be the Yao Ming. Well, and of by London. the way, you can also throw, a, can also throw, throw against the Jets. So there's, you know, there's that What option. are you making a face about? Such a great game to be excited about. <laughs> I'm just saying the Dolphins, especially if they win, I think can feel like, hey, we're in this,
2: we're in the mix. Uh, uh, yes, anybody could throw against the Jets, but Ryan Tannehill is involved, so that could be negated, too. We'll we'll find out. Moving on, another uh, AFC matchup. Here is the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. And, uh, Wes, can you provide me a little bit of uh, insight here? Explain it to me. Why is Alex Smith? Where is Alex Smith? Is Nick Foles the new starter with the Chiefs? What's happening in Kansas City? I don't understand it. I don't know how you can
3: the team comes out and says he doesn't have a concussion but he does have a head
4: injury and he's not going to play i mean either he's concussed or he's not they they play it they play things safely and they should be applauded for that they've done this in the past why not Some just injuries. admit he has a concussion right and if you're so worried about safety hey hey guys maybe after he goes through the concussion protocol in the middle, of last game. Hey, maybe don't don't have him run the read option a few more times ah, and get his head cracked. Well, that's what that's how he got hurt the second. time. Some of this time. is on Alex Smith slide earlier. Yeah, he he blamed Unless himself. Unless he was actually, already concussed for it wasn't for one of them. You didn't know what he was doing. Why yeah, is he, he went out on the practice
3: field this week too? It, the, the whole thing is on. weird. This this is a battle of two franchises that were rebuilt in 2013. Mm. One of them is going north, and the other one continues to go south. And I think you can also call it the quarterback coaching bowl. Blake Bortles, his mechanics are a mess. For two out of three years, he's been in Jacksonville. They can't fix that. Nick Foles was broken. Broken with the Rams. He comes to Kansas City and plays, puts up a one-third or – 30 passer rating and nice relief against Alex Smith. You could tell he was more confident. He was smoother
1: in the pocket. He was more accurate and Andy Reid deserves some credit for that. Do it. you feel the the Foles thing specifically is a carryover operation where we could see that from week to week? I, I wonder if that was a sometimes reliever they come in a backup comes in and just lights up the sky because you know it's, a, it's up a, off a fair guard. question. I don't know the answer to that. I can only tell you that he did look like he looked like
3: the Nick Foles that we saw at times in Philadelphia under Andy Reid. He knows the soft, not the Nick Foles we saw. He's with He's Not the
4: Rams. taking the job though. He gives him no. a vertical no. game, but he's not taking. No, I
2: I'm not saying that at all. Speaking of Andy Reid, a little aside here: the Chiefs have won 15 of 17 dating back to last year. They won a playoff game last year. Is he the most underrated coach of his generation? It's
1: well, yes. L- Let's. That's a good question, and I think he's certainly a candidate. Another way to look at it is any other, any team in the league that won 15 out of 17 would somehow have some buzz around it. The Chiefs continue to be seen as this also ran.
4: Not it's in this barely a lot. Well, We've been talking about them a lot. We all pick them the way. Maybe we have. I'm saying this year. But we're, in general, they're ignored. Kind of. they're is just that ignored. more of an
1: Alex Smith thing or more of an I thing? I think it is because I think Alex Smith, and it's, this is not unfair – you look at the team, the way they're built, you have to respect them. But there's also this very clear-cut ceiling because he, you don't get to the Super Bowl often with average quarterback play. And he's not he – statistically, he's above average, but he's Alex Smith.
4: They they have reached the next level, though, as an organization. When Nick Foles is your starter, last week he comes into the game. Sharkandrick West is your running back. There's no Spencer Ware this week. And they're huge favorites. The Colts – they had plenty of time to come back in that game after Foles and West are the two leading guys. And it's like, nope, it doesn't matter. That's the type, that's Patriots, Seahawks like level anti Jets type stuff. Doesn't matter who's in there, the system's gonna beat you. At least bad teams like this. And they're in third Lousy place. Deck. They're
1: five and two and they're sitting in third place.
2: Um, let's move on, guys, and talk about the Dallas Cowboys now six and one after that exciting overtime win over the Eagles in Sunday night football. Now they travel to Cleveland. Uh, downtrodden, heartbroken Cleveland after the Indians lost. Uh, Now they get to watch the 0-8 Browns. uh, And one, one comment I'll make. Like last week, for instance, I got a hero pick on the Jets. I feel like I've heard a lot, and not just from this room, a lot of people picking the Browns week to week. And the one thing I took out of the Jets game was there's a reason the Browns lose all these games because it is one of the worst defenses you're ever going to see. So to, for people that are going to say, oh, this is a trap game, to me it goes back to the same thing, Mark, which is the Browns have no ability to close because they don't have the players, and maybe they don't have the scheme. The Browns are a mess, and people don't seem to look at them that way. They're a mess
1: on one side of the ball specifically. They're overmanned. They have too many young players. I mean, one reason that a trade for a guy like Jamie Collins is regardless of the fact that New England has shipped out Jamie Collins acting like he's one of the worst football players that ever stepped oh, on like the, the one down of the player earth, player now. but you need some older leadership and some guys that have kind of been there before. That is one of the youngest defenses, and they're taking their lumps. I, if you want the, the reason people, I think, were picking Cleveland is because the way that Hugh Jackson is coached from quarterback to quarterback, what he's dealt with, and the fact that you still see serviceable quarterback performances – most week to week, whether it's Cody Kessler or Josh McCann, and their ability as an offense to, to go through all those variations, and the fact that you get Corey Coleman back, and the fact that the reason the Browns were dominating the Jets in the first half was because Terrell Pryor was absolutely unstoppable, and there aren't many cornerbacks that can shut him down. All that is present so they can stay in some of the games. these games, but by any way you look at it, it's not just their pass defense. Their run defense is an absolute disaster right now after starting stronger than it should have earlier in the Some year. Some of the holes
2: last Sunday. Well, were right. Outrageous.
1: You look at this matchup and tell me how you are going to stop Jason Witten? How you're going to stop Cole Beasley? You haven't stopped slot receivers about, all year or tight ends. How are you going to ever Tez get Bryant. past
4: their offensive line? I mean, their they have no line. pass rush whatsoever.
1: We haven't even mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. I just this game is not a trap game. This is this is a game that could be a a white out tight material for Cleveland, where the fault the floor falls out early, and the game script, if there is one for the Browns, is blown up by halftime. If not, the Elliot, first quarter.
2: Elliot's a mortal lock for 150 total yards here. I mean, everything is set up well for him to have a monster game.
1: Barring them the taking him out early and putting Alf Morris in, yes.
2: Do you
3: have any Browns sources with any idea who's going to start at quarterback?
2: Today? Do you leave me?
1: Well, the only no, I do not personally, but but people, some people that work inside the building in their media limb have talked more about it being Kessler. I think at this point with Josh McCown, it could be a Browns coach next year if he wanted, probably. I don't know if it's a bad idea to go with Kessler. I think the Browns could be frisky if McCown was starting. If McCown was starting, throwing to
3: Pryor and Coleman against the Cowboys secondary, missing Barry Church and Morris Claiborne, I think the Browns can put up some points. Kessler, I know everybody's really high on him, and he's exceeded expectations, too many 3 and outs for my liking McCown but the h- count a- was
2: a big part of the problem last week too though in the second yeah. half
3: McCown that's is, fine but he can move the ball but yeah, yeah he, they,
2: their whole offense was vertical based with
4: him on he started the field. two games this year those two games are two of their three highest yardage games they've gone over 400 yards but he makes he makes those killer mistakes and that's why you can't i, I wouldn't blame them for play, playing Cody, Cody Kessler the, the one thing i thought about the browns i know there's not a lot of talent on defense and and ray horton's got it, done a bad you know he, he's – been given a a tough spot. I think so. Here are, though, his, it's worth pointing out, his finishes in points allowed for the teams that he's coached over the last five years, last four years. 23rd, 29th, 27th, and then now 30th. So he. it's been a long time since Ray Horton coached a team that wasn't one of the worst defenses in the league.
1: Yeah. It's not particularly easy, probably when they were putting the staff together to get a lot of people to sign up to be the defensive leaves coordinator, leaves Tennessee of a team. and very similar talent. They get better, though. Well, he leaves Tennessee because Dick LeBeau is there. That's not an easy place to be a defensive coordinator with the greatest defensive mind hanging over your shoulder every week. But, yeah. but you're right. They, they've there's been development on offense. There's been a sum with certain players on defense. But you look at Dallas; they're developing players. They're the team that's drafting. Offensive linemen, and turning it into the best right. offensive line in the league. They, it, everyone counted their defense out, and they've been incredibly. Their effort in the way they've worked week to week has been very impressive and, in Dallas.
2: You know, over the past five years or so, it's always fun to put Jerry Jones near the bottom of any GM list. Not now, just bury him. But it's if you look at their roster now, it's just frankly not a, a, the right way to look at it. Uh, let's move on, guys. An AFC North battle. Oh, doctor, the Pittsburgh Steelers who one will assume will have Ben Roethlisberger behind center, uh, travel to Baltimore to face the Ravens. The Ravens, uh, one of the weirder seven-game starts uh, that you'll have, uh, started with three straight wins, including some kind of um, exciting endings for the victories, a lot of good good spirit, and now have lost four in a row, so they are desperate for a win. They really need this, and now they get uh, a Steelers team, Mark, that, yeah, will probably see Big Ben. Will he be Big Ben? Will he be able to finish the game if he plays? Some unknowns uh, with this game for Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were people that thought Big Ben would be out for a while, and if he's back in, it speaks to... You know how much they need him to become what they are. I mean, a hundred percent. Well, people
4: being Ben sources that set up a long timeline and so then he beats it.
1: Well, I I have not dealt with that type <laughs> of injury, so this I'm not going to speculate. It. Right. But- you're
4: Dropping tea leaves. That, that's all not day.
2: even. That's just. No, that's yeah. his move. Parsing that's those tea leaves. leaves. That's how we got a call
1: from the Steelers organization. That's
3: how. That's how that. Maximum works. drama for every Ben Roethlisberger injury. Right,
4: because it was two to three weeks when when Ian Rappaport was reporting it, and then it was five to six weeks uh, when when other sources when Ben Roethlisberger was reporting. It.
2: Right. It's very <laughs> now. Sim- it's back to two to three. It's similar to the way Connor Orr it was getting behind the Panthers because he wanted to be ahead of all the narratives about the media doubted us. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. It's the same thing. He keep pounding. You know, Ben's trying; he's playing this. He's pulling the strings. Terrell Suggs put it well, Wes. He said "You know, he's not fooling anybody with this stuff. We know we're going to see him on Sunday.
3: Terrell Suggs has seen this for 12 years probably. Yeah, I mean, this is Ben's move. He does it all the time. Well, Ben has missed seven games against the Ravens. He can milk an injury with the best of them, and then he
4: can come back and put on a show with the best of them. And he's going to because when was the last time we saw Lev Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, all healthy and humming together? There was only about one game there. Where you got to see it. Lev Bell is averaging more than 150 yards from scrimmage each and every week. That's outrageous. That's a 2,500 yard type of pace. He's fantastic. Even with Larry, Larry, Landry Jones, he gets 150 yards.
3: It's fantastic. And Jay Ajayi's first 200 yard game, he wasn't even the best running back on the field because Le'Veon Bell's cuts were insane in that game. He, he was, was healthy, silky smooth. I, I mean, was- and also
1: Antonio Brown, outside of. You, you played well with Landry Jones in there against the Patriots. I think that was the first time he's crossed the hundred yard barrier without Big Ben on the field. I mean, you said it. You need you need your quarterback in there. Right? There's all this stuff about he's not. I don't know if he's not a tough guy. Is that what we're saying, but I mean,
4: Big Ben is, he an is unbelievable. unbelievable
1: he's a tough player. guy. He just
2: make sure you know you you know it. That's the that's the hook here. The,
4: I hear you. We haven't talked Ravens, which this was a team when we started talking about the season. It was like they were the big mystery team. They could go either way. We can't figure them out. And now here it is, Week Nine and i They're kind of where I still of feel are. like we can't figure them out they they haven't had any continuity they change offensive coordinators and it doesn't really help they've got a lot
3: going for them coming out of the bye though with the offensive line finally healthy they had their two best offensive linemen hadn't played in a couple of weeks and i don't know what's going on with the running game watching that game before the bye, they only ran the ball to set up play action, which is not a way to run a Ravens offense. Flacco had a meltdown.
1: Well, Flacco is on pace to throw the second most pass attempts of any quarterback in NFL history over the course of a season. And from everything we know about Joe Flacco... He's streaky. He can get good. He can be effective. But that's not the game plan with, with, with Joe Flacco. Speaks to your point. I mean, when the idea was they were going to be a balanced offense, right now we don't know what kind of team they are or what they're mysterious to us because that's what 7-9 and nine or 9-7 nine and seven or 8-8 eight and eight teams look like week to week. Every
4: single one of their games is a one-score game this year. So they, they, they are the middle. They'll be in They're a middle team. I could see this being in the 30s. You didn't like it when it was 10-6. to 6. I could see both of the – I don't think the Steelers' defense is very good. They're the worst pass-rushing team in the NFL.
1: Steelers have the Jets, Dolphins, and Saints up. It's not too bad.
2: Jets already played the Steelers.
1: I have that information absolutely incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Looked at the wrong team.
2: All right, moving on. The San Francisco 49ers stink. We all know it, but who's worse on the road than the Saints? Well, maybe the 49ers, (laughs) but that's a different discussion. The Saints travel to the right big
1: mountain bottom. You do that so
2: well that That's a it's concerning. Thing. That's a thing. Uh, a 3-4 and four Saints team that has won three of four games after an 0-3 start. And, uh, Greg, I would say the Saints, to me, of all the teams that we forked, and I think we've forked uh, around five teams at this point, maybe six, they're the one that poses the greatest threat just because Drew Brees is involved.
4: Absolutely.
2: I, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs. I, I think they'd probably fall
4: short nine and seven type of team, but you said they they play poorly on the road that's that's mostly true, but I think they stumbled into something in Kansas City when they really outplayed the chiefs mm. and they changed their offense to this boring. Ball control, we're just going to hold the ball forever and keep our lousy defense off the field type of game. And I thought they played it well against... Wait, what
2: what took so long to figure out this attack? Well, Um, you got explosive
4: explosive players. You want to use it. You're an offensive team. You want to go down the field. They limited the Seahawks to 13 offensive points, only nine possessions, and they get Sheldon Rankins back this week. And they might get Delvin Bro back this week. That's two of hey, their bro. best defensive players. You got some things well, looking up for if them. If you're going to be a ball control offense,
1: I would like to have seen the Mark Ingram from the last couple seasons. They don't have that right now. What, he fumbled last week, and then they – What, the Sean Payton just ran with, with Tim
4: Hightower, who did a good job, but – I, what is
1: you know Where have, are now, we with Mark though. Ingram? But for but them, know
4: what we for have them have ball control is five-yard throws to Willie Sneed and, and Michael Thomas.
2: The Niners have allowed a 100-yard rusher in six consecutive weeks, which is kind of <laughs> hard to do. So I, I don't know who's going to be getting the ball, but you would think the Saints will be able to move it on the ground, whether it's Hightower or Ingram. Well,
1: on the flip side, the Saints have been ghastly against the run on defense, and it sounds like Carlos Hyde might not play in this game. You know who looked good. Sounds like he's back, I think.
3: You know, look good before the bye. Dewan Harris, who is a Green Bay Packers practice squad cast off who ruptured his knee a couple of years ago, ran like a man possessed before the bye. I think he'll probably get the bulk of the workload because uh, Chip Kelly came out and said he deserves more more touches.
4: It's a game. Well, Saints should win. Put Greg Tier puts them to 4 and 4. Their schedule in the second half is I'll not too you. bad. That's get, they got a, a shot.
2: They're they're getting close to the Patriots for you, Greg. No. Your favorite team.
4: Oh, Greg loves the scene. You, the way you talk Chargers,
2: about, I would say, are number
4: two right now. It's Carlos
1: like, Hyde has a sprained AC joint. That's that's often not a one week injury. We don't. There's no guarantee he's going to be no. back in this lineup. Back at practice. That at it's like yeah, the
4: on Wednesday. So
2: you meet a girl and you're telling your friends and you're so excited about the the relationship. You're still after all these years, still kind of in that honeymoon phase. I, whenever you talk, you know about why? You. No, I was it's killing unrequ- him It's week.
3: unrequited. Greg loves the Saints more than the Saints love Greg. They never put a defense worth watching out there. <laughs>
4: That's fair.
2: Or how about this look at it? 37-year-old man. When you think about the Saints, you think about being young. And you think about being a two-lane. Mm, I couldn't have cared. and no. single and going to the bars and hanging out with your boy, Jezelnik, and just feeling alive for the first time in your life. You
4: Uh that's a good theory. I didn't care about the Saints last few years. This team is a lot more fun on offense to watch Mark, Michael w- Thomas is the key.
2: At Mark, at what age did you feel the most alive?
1: Right now, right this moment.
3: <laughs> I don't believe that. Wes? Twenty five. Hmm. That's, I
1: think in your mid twenties there is a a nice mix of No. I'm not I don't need to accomplish something necessarily today. I can fend off the expectations then I and I can go absolutely wild.
4: Going like twenty. 20-21 mm-hmm. one's perfect.
2: I'm gonna clip this off and send it to your wives. Uh, when my first uh, child was born, that's when I. Just oh,
4: please. well, except that Dan, nobody.
1: I mean, I think that probably was a high water mark in your life. This but is the, idea the that,
2: of the. Night. The idea that's when you
1: felt most <laughs> you free. I'd be concerned <laughs> about your parenting because that's when you should say, you know what, now Not free. I'm going to Alive. embrace. Alive. Well, I don't. I think that there is a part of you that feels alive when at the birth of your child, but in the context of the question that you asked, you. you are absolutely lying to us, <laughs> and no one buys it.
2: All right, if that's if what I'm saying is not true, you being a baseball fan, couldn't that's way less. <laughs> oh, true. I'm way over the baseball
1: fan thing. That was at the beginning of the show. I'm already listen. We got six or seven months till baseball hey, again. It's fantastic. I just love my kids. Yeah, you
2: know? love my kids. What can I, I got another well, one, one on the way. It just sounds so genuine. Uh, and I love my <laughs> wife too. And that's, that's where I draw my happiness from. Clip it off, Sid, all right? I'll give you my <laughs> Clip watch Clip it out of the show. Um, let's move on and talk about the Carolina Panthers and Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this game is being played at the Coliseum. The Rams haven't been there in a while. In fact, I think they've only played two games so far this season. At home, this will be the third one. And uh, the Panthers, you know, if they're going to get going, it's going to be right now, 2-5. and five. You can't have a big win last week at Arizona and then crap the bed again. You got—I mean, you got You got to step up, Wes. Do you think the Panthers are about? Well, take flight. That would be a mixing of metaphors, but start galloping really fast, like through jungle.
4: Right, I don't think think Panthers gallop. Right. right. The, you know, they'd running. basically they'd be running and they'd jump on top of that ram and they'd rip them to shreds. You know what Panthers do? They what? pounce.
2: Pounce. Oh yeah, pounce. Are they ready to pounce uh, consistently? I like this matchup,
3: and even with the Rams coming off a bye, I like this matchup. Panthers, I don't know if if people know this, have the best run defense in the NFL. They average only 3.3 yards per carry allowed, completely shut down the league's best running back last week, David Johnson, and now they get the running back with the lowest yards per carry in the NFL, and Todd Gurley, Mm. I don't know how the Rams are going to move the ball. Is Case Keenum good enough? to pick on this
1: Panther, second. Keenum has seven interceptions over his last three games. I, the question for me, we are hearing more and more about Jared Goff and we're and they're acting they're acting like we should be excited about this news. This would have been exciting in July, but Oh, we've moved on. Well, no, but he's getting more and more first team reps. It's like, "Hey guys, we're really making progress with the number 1 pick in the draft." I have to wonder if this thing
4: goes south early, are we finally going to see Jared Goff on the field? I think they're waiting until they feel like they're a little out of contention. 2 games under 500 might be that that moment, so that would mean this is his last chance. I wouldn't be surprised so that, at the, all.
1: So the translation is they don't view Goff the number one pick in the draft as a quarterback that could possibly
4: keep them in contention. Well you would think they would it's play not ready. Yeah, you would think they would play him if that was the case. I, I don't like this matchup either for the Rams because I think this pan. I'm willing to believe this Panthers team is different. You know, they came back from the bye, you said can they take advantage of that secondary Maybe that defense is going to play to their talent level the rest of the way. I know the secondary is not great overall, but it should be a good defense. They played like it last week, and they got Jonathan Stewart. God, having the time off for him really helped. He, he looked, looks good. He looked like a totally new runner, making people miss, running people over, a lot of juice. And if you can run the ball on the Rams, you're going to win. And that's what? that's why you're going to. What's happening? Lock it
2: up. Wait, we're coming up? over me right now? You lock it up. Where's the lock? Oh, he's locking it up.
4: Really trying to sell it. Yeah.
2: Wow. Locking it up, huh?
4: I got locked up just like I did in Orleans, Paris prison one night in uh, 2000. Humble Notre brag. Days. Dan, 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 Humble brag, got arrested.
2: When you truly felt in that jail cell, is that when you truly felt the most alive?
4: No. I, I mean, I was worried about staying alive. Well, what was the charge? Um, and be honest with us. Yeah. Prostitution. Disturbing the peace. Disturbing condition. the
1: peace. like you just disturbed the peace a second ago with this lock it up war cry that came out of your mouth <laughs> Hey what were you doing to just dis- I mean you've got to tell us
4: yeah, well, uh, well I've told you before
1: well I but really no, but didn't that doesn't do this is a this is a forum to I was, tell a, many I other was on the
4: outskirts did. of a big altercation, which I
2: Greg you know, rolling honest, up the sleeves and throwing <laughs> haymakers outskirts. honestly
4: uh, wasn't you know involved in and uh, you know they locked us up. <laughs> they they had to lock it up. Good thing. Anybody anybody
2: takes exception with me and Jesselneck, we're coming after you, see? Did you throw a
4: punch? No. Did you land, Was no. a punch the, landed the on prob- you? The problem was I was carrying a guy who had been knocked out during this altercation. Not carrying, but we're walking down. I put him
2: over my shoulder, Like see? a large he, walking.
4: he was like Hemingway on the battlefield. He's like 100. And, no, he's not a big guy. We're walking, his hands over my shoulder. Suddenly I hear behind me the cop, uh, oh, where do you think you're going? And it's like we, we hadn't got everyone else left. So you were being a good Samaritan, and you got arrested for well, it. Oh, as a friend, not so much a.
2: I guy. like how Greg has painted this. He was in the middle of a massive bare knuckle brawl. He I saw s- a man down. He threw him over his shoulder like Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, like Bubba and <laughs> Yeah.
4: I said I didn't. I wasn't involved Bubba. at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm glad Mark delved into that one.
2: Uh, I like the Panthers <laughs> again as well, and I think they're going to go on a, a run here. Is anybody else? Yes. Uh, is anybody picking the Rams here?
1: No. Okay
2: can't do it.
3: Battle of the 85 Bears, Mark. Ron Rivera versus Jeff Fisher.
4: Yeah, that's true. Cam Newton's had two awesome games in a row, too. Might be. Oh, ready. you're a little overboard. Go, go on a run.
1: You're way overboard on that. I mean, there's right. only three quarterbacks getting hit more played, than two.
3: He played He said he played like an MVP and
4: I watched the game and I'm like, where's this MVP? He played. He, he made four or five throws from the pocket under pressure on third and long to keep the ball moving. He ran the ball. He did the exact same thing he did last
2: year. Massive hyperbole from the no. boss. And the Over under on ticky tack personal fouls in his favor is being set at one and a half after his meeting with the commissioner. They NFL will want to send a message: we protect our stars. Flags are coming out for you know if a little breeze goes by his uh, left ear hole, the the laundry's coming out.
1: I hear you. I think he had a point last week, but I hear you. Little Uh, bit of it. Independent of that, some makeup calls are coming. Basically, that's what I'm saying.
2: Let's move on. The Indianapolis Colts stink. They're 3-5. and five. Uh, Nobody likes them. Nobody likes watching them. Uh, and now they travel to Green Bay to face the Packers. And uh, you know what, Mark? I know you're not the biggest Packers fan, but you're starting to see some things you like about this team, don't you? Aren't you?
1: I think there's something to like in the fact that Aaron Rodgers has put together two of the better games he's had over – the last couple years, frankly, and, and it's I don't think it's a total mirage. They're getting different guys involved. You know, I tweeted this and someone was like acting like these guys aren't all stars, but I like seeing the fact that young players like Trevor Davis, Geronimo Allen are in the Alice. game. Excuse me? Geronimo, Geronimo Allison. Allison. Yeah. It's like you're getting some of these younger guys in there. It's not the same cast of characters. Jordy Nelson, I thought, played one of his better games he last did, week. Yeah. He looked like a different player. And look, well, their backfield situation is is very strange, but there's reason to believe that Green Bay can make something of the second half of the season, and it couldn't come against a better a better defense to have it happen against an Indianapolis right You now. didn't
3: even mention the Packers' best receiver, Devontae Adams, who has a chance to go 12 receptions back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, which I believe may have never been done in history.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's, I, don't, I that's, that's what I said. I don't think he. they have better players than the guys I mentioned, but those guys, it's like, It's not the same two or three people doing the same two or three things every game. There's a little bit more of a diversity to this offense right now. I
2: mean, they had to start figuring out some other options while Jordy Nelson – maybe now Jordy Nelson's getting back now to where he was, but he wasn't. Randall Cobb doesn't seem to be like the same guy he was a couple years ago. So finally, and and Devonta, him stepping up, that's huge for them.
4: 100%. The Colts at this point are a team that I just can't imagine winning against a – Above average team on the road, period. Like we think every any given Sunday. Well, that's true for except for about four or five teams on the road, and I feel like the Colts are now that team. I would be stunned if they win this game, and the Packers aren't a great team. It's I just can't imagine the Colts at this point beating a good team. I dare. crazy? I dare Philip Dorsett to
3: make a play in his career.
4: I mean, I know they beat the Titans <laughs> once a game. Philip Dorsett,
3: make a play in your career. You're being outplayed by Jack Doyle, an undrafted free agent, and you're a first-round pick when the Colts could have gotten a Blue Goose pass rusher or a Hog Molly on their offensive line. They draft Philip Dorsett. He drops balls. He drops punts. He doesn't make plays. That's why my Woo. luck Woo. of the week. Woo. 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 Yeah, he just locked it up. Is that Dante Moncrief has a career game against <laughs> the Packers. <laughs> Dante Moncrief career game. T.Y. Hilton has a hamstring injury. Philip Dorsett, I don't know what his problem is, but he just doesn't
2: make plays. This it is players. a really long way of getting to uh, you. What You just wested Phil Dorsett in a big spot.
3: And wow. – uh, by association,
4: Ryan Grigson, who picked him. I think you wested uh, the lock of the week segment by now making it an individual accomplishment. What do you mean now? I've been doing doing that all along? Yeah, Greg.
1: You you can lock up whatever you want.
4: Oh, I didn't know that. I've not
1: locked up anything because it may have nothing to do with football when
4: I get there.
3: Wow. And as much as this offensive line gets grief for getting Andrew Luck killed, that's not all they're bad at. No. They lead the league since the beginning of last year, and most big plays called back because their offensive line continues to make penalties over and over There was a huge touchdown to Dante Moncrief last week that got called back
4: because Denzel Good is grabbing somebody by the ankle. Well, they they also have no pass rush. They're counting on Robert Mathis at 35 years old off of a serious injury to be their best pass rusher. That matchup against the Packers' offensive line is a joke. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to do – Whatever he wants, just sitting back there for five seconds every play. Yeah, and
1: only two teams in the league right now allowing a higher passer rating to opposing quarterbacks than the Colts. I well, think Davis thing.
4: also questionable with a concussion, which would be harmful. Add
1: that to it. Every time we talk about the Colts, you know what? We could just, in week one, record our thoughts on the Colts and then just replay it week to week. Because it is. it feels like we're just rehashing – the same issues over and over with this team Some character
3: named Matthias Farley played four snaps for the Colts last week at safety, and on one of those snaps, Alex Smith stared down Jeremy Macklin for the whole route and still completed an easy touchdown Mm -hmm. over this character named Matthias Farley. You just got wested, Matthias. Yeah,
2: got wested. Uh, Let's move on, gentlemen, and talk about the Tennessee Titans and San Diego Chargers. Tennessee traveling to San Diego. Uh, The Titans... Hanging around four and four, Marcus Mariota is making some plays now the last few weeks, uh, which has done a lot. Uh, has done wonders for their for their offense, obviously. Uh, but now he's got a tough spot. The Chargers, who everyone's a fan of this team, uh, despite their three and five record, uh, they put up a fight up against anyone, and Greg, Joey Bosa is going to get his chance to go after Marcus Mariota, and that's a fun little battle.
4: It it is, and it's strength on strength in terms of the guys up front, but the Chargers' injury woes are getting to a point where you think maybe it's just not going to happen. They lost Denzel Perriman and Jatavis Brown, most likely for this game at linebacker, going up against the best rushing attack, one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. That's a disaster. I mean, that I think the matchup this week with the Titans, especially with the guys that are hurt at linebacker for San Diego, is trouble. I, I kind of like the Titans in this well, game. I get really?
1: the, Look at you. I get the Titans credit because they went in, as much as any team in the league, with a very specific, verbalized idea of what they wanted to be. And it was not perfect out of the gate. But at this point, you've got – seven straight 100-yard rushing games. They've scored 26-plus points in four straight games. And that Thursday night game, why was it boring? Because they absolutely pulverized the Jaguars. <laughs> they absolutely dominated
4: Jacksonville. Wasn't boring if you're a Titans fan. Well,
1: exactly, but it's it wasn't competitive because you expect, oh, well, these two teams are feeding themselves Wes dancing
4: in the, in the aisles. We, we're we're here on Thursday nights, of I course. I missed that. He took off his clothes in a very – Similar thing um, to what happened at the Super Bowl, or that's going to happen, ran up and down the aisles and just was like, "I was right about Marcus Mariota."
1: None
2: I'm of sure this was- happened. Oh,
1: that's a that would be a heavy HR violation. Let's I, you I, right I think there.
4: it
3: would be, and it's a little disturbing. This is where Greg's mind went. Yeah, Dan's mind went there first.
1: <laughs> no, Gregs <laughs> went there first, and no
3: one else went there. Greg, Greg went there. Dan went with me, naked, punching Tom Brady. Oh, okay. Why do I, I have?
2: To, why can't I be clothed? That's a different type of nudity. I don't know why it's happening. It just keeps on happening in the show. <laughs> By the way, my fantasy move to it's pick up Tony Romo and use all of my free agent budget and drop Marcus Mariota exactly four weeks ago <laughs> continues to pay off in spades.
1: Best red zone quarterback <laughs> in the league.
2: This is what a uh, lot of move.
1: Regular Ryan Grigson over
4: here. <laughs> that was
3: I got grigged out on that one. The well below five hundred Chargers are the
2: best team the Titans have played in five weeks though.
4: Yeah, I I don't I don't feel confident in either team. I didn't I, like
2: the belly laugh there either, Greg. What? Uh, you know, taking joy in uh, one of my biggest fantasy failures in personnel. Well, in I d- history.
4: I didn't know <laughs> what the I didn't know Dick. what the story was, and then you as you were <laughs> unfolding it, I'm thinking, wow, wow, this is the worst possible thing that could have happened.
2: <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's so bad that I'm not even upset about it anymore. It's just kind of a funny thing to. It's remember. a lost fantasy. He's been yeah, a, that's yeah, it.
4: it. It's like the moment that Mariota went on fire. It's like. There's always 2017, Dan.
2: Exactly. You just at some a certain point just turned the page. It's okay. Uh, Travis
4: Benjamin and Tyrell Williams are also sidelined Wednesday and Thursday. Of practice. The biggest. This is problematic. Yeah, it's the crazy. biggest
3: Chargers backer in the national media feels bad about the Chargers pa- chances this week.
2: Hmm. Next. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Next mm. Tuesday, by the way, uh, America goes to the polls to figure out. Um, oh, yeah. You know who they're going to enjoy this
4: as our last uh, preview show before, uh, you know, the Gestapo takes over or whatever, <laughs> and it's all done. No more fun. No, we're,
2: is we're that, playing
3: defense against the Gestapo.
2: We're all working towards uh, the right uh, vote on that one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there is another vote on November 8th. Well, there's a lot. It's the general election. A lot of stuff. That's to vote right on. Uh, but San Diego residents will have their opportunity to vote. Yes. On C, which would uh, fund a, stadium that would allow them to stay in san diego i really hope they stay there that would suck if they left because there's a nice fan base there a lot
1: of populaces don't have the chance to say yes or no on this kind of thing sometimes teams
4: just get pulled out and away from you if they don't get this done i
1: I still
2: doesn't feel good because it's
4: not going to happen by all accounts oh really they got to get a two-thirds vote and hey, newsflash voters have woken up we're not paying for yes. stadiums, that, exactly for, for billionaires. And I get, I no, get it. And, and I get
2: then, it. And then we also, uh, oh yeah, but the Chargers—they're a mom and pop organization. Well, you know what? Let's get some ownership, and then they'll pony up money to build a stadium.
1: Do, do we really need two teams in Los Angeles? I can and confirm I that we do not. And I oh.
2: love, I love the ownership in San Diego. Let me just state, Greg. <laughs>
1: they're wonderful. They are. A, I lo-
2: they are I wonderful. love mom and pop. I they're mean, wonderful. Who? I mean, I'm, I'm all for the little guy, but you know.
1: You're pointing Taxpayers. out. You're pointing out some fiscal tension there. That's that's fair. That's all. Let's move on. A team named after credit cards. Let's move. <laughs> is
3: that true? Yes. Really? Credit cards or credit card users? Baron Hilton was the original owner of the San Diego Chargers, a credit card maven. Mm. I thought
2: that was a classic Wes pun for a second, but then I sniffed it out and I said, "Wes is also a student of history. Maybe this is going somewhere, and it's paid off well." Mm. <laughs>
3: You read me so well, Dan.
2: <laughs> Let's move on Sunday night football. oh, we got a good one here. uh the Denver Broncos six and two. they head to Oakland against the six and two Raiders. How about that um a f c West supremacy on the line for al Chris and the world and uh here we go, Chris Wessling. um I know just by your general comments uh that you haven't been completely sold on the Raiders here. Uh, does that mean that you believe the Broncos are going to be 7-2 and two by the time they wake up Monday morning? I would put it this
3: way. You know, you would think that Greg would call this a fork in the road game. Mm. First place on the line. One team goes by itself in first place. The other team might fall behind the Chiefs. Big time fork in the road game. You would think that's what it is, but it's not.
2: Yeah, You it's, locking it up? No, it's a, pro- oh.
3: a prove-it game.
2: Oh, prove-it. <laughs> yeah, I don't
3: really pro- think it's a fork in the road game. It's a it? prove-it game for the Raiders. Are you legitimate? Can you beat the Super Bowl champions? And the bullies, the end boss of the AFC West. I like it. Since John Elway's been in the chair, the Broncos' defense, This is if we say that the Browns' defense against the Cowboys' rushing attack is the most lopsided matchup, the best matchup of the week is a Raiders' offensive line that allows the fewest sacks and the fewest quarterback hits against the Broncos' pass rush that leads the league in sacks and quarterback hits. Mm. And, in fact – has 19 more quarterback hits than any other team, and more quarterback wow, hits at mi- more quarterback hits win. at midseason than any team since 2000. Wow, they're pretty good, dog. I give the edge to the Broncos in this matchup for that one. There more. is
1: one issue. It sounds like Aqib Talib is flying to California. James Palmer from NFL Network reported this to get his back looked at, and they, yeah. and they're saying now that he may not play. That that is that's an issue. You it, still got a lot of talent, but that's you, you're missing
4: someone. Well, Lorenzo well, Doss played well in his right. Place it's last it's, last it's week. an issue, and yet this Broncos defense is so good that. Talib wasn't there last week, and you wouldn't have known it. I mean, they they gave Philip Rivers more more trouble than he's had all year, and you, and you mentioned it. They just plug up Bradley Roby, a first round pick, and to start well, and they generate
1: turnovers and they score points right. on defense it's, too. It's and they're going to need to keep but doing. You know that.
2: what? They weren't facing Derek Carr last week, an ascendant superstar who could not be playing with more confidence right now. He just threw for 500 yards and four touchdowns without it an interception, which has rarely happened in the history of the league. I wonder. Uh, if as good as the Broncos are with the confidence playing in their building in prime time that the Raiders are going to put some points on the board in this game. Would it be crazy? It's fair to ask.
1: I
4: mean, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, is this the best duo in the league right now? Statistically, it is. What a a great matchup. I mean, it's a treat when when the Broncos' defense is, is going up against the Raiders' offense. I wouldn't be surprised, though. If the Broncos win this game on the road, I mean, I don't think the Raiders are are a great team right now. I think Derek Carr is playing really well. They're not. They're not a great team. I don't think they? they. I don't think they would call themselves a great team. I think that
1: they they're very much a reflection of their coach right now. And you know, for all these teams that don't want to take bold moves at the end of games, the Raiders are here because of that personality, which is admirable and enjoyable to watch but they do have a lot of talented young
4: players. And I think that they're, yeah. this isn't a fluke record, I, but they have, they have flaws. I love that they're in primetime three of the next five weeks because I think they're a fun team. But
2: I feel like they haven't
4: been a lot. No, they haven't. No, they, they haven't not. had yeah. meaningful primetime games That's late fair. in the season. And well, they years, were a junk oops. operation before about Drunk. last season. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they run it pretty well. You would think their running game is somewhat of a weakness, and yet they're sixth in the league in yards per carry between DeAndre Washington and, and Richard and Murray. They could run it on the Broncos. Let's
2: pick this game with the
1: score, Mark. Wow. Broncos 24-21, overtime.
2: Broncos. That would be... Three straight overtime games? On Why Saturday? not? This is what the Raiders before are. Broncos
3: 24-21 in regulation. Wow.
2: <laughs> Broncos 24-21. <laughs> regulation.
4: Feeling a lot of pressure. Broncos 23-21 in overtime. <laughs> a walk-off safety. Wow. A- along this note real quick, Sydney pointed out before the show, sight
1: unseen, Wes and I to send our picks for every game for our NFL Network vehicle that we're on and sight vehicle. unseen, Wes and I picked every single game the same
4: way.
2: The kissing cousins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
4: We're on the same way. More. Raiders fans are not going to be happy that we just went four across on the Broncos when they have an offense that hasn't had 350 yards, I think, since week three. Like, they have no running game, and Simeon's Well, they out. haven't hey. allowed a hey. 300-yard passer in a hey, long time.
2: You know time, what? I, yeah. I love the Raiders. You know, I backed them for Team of ATL, but ultimately – You know, it's going to be a tough game. I think the Broncos come out on on top. We'll see how it plays out. Finally, Monday night football. Oh, yes, Monday night football. The Buffalo Bills, who, uh, you know, they've come down to earth a little bit. It's been a roller coaster season for Rex, uh, who was kind of in the tank at 0-2, then won four straight, but now have lost two in a row weren't very competitive against the Patriots which maybe wasn't a, a very good sign uh, especially in their own building and now they got to travel to Seattle they, I mean does it does it just mirror the bills playing like monster teams every week this season it has not been an easy schedule for them but they got to figure out a way to, to get it done and Greg uh, I guess it comes down to me what who are the Seahawks at this stage especially on offense?
4: They're working some things out. I thought they would be a lot better throwing the football than they are. I mean, it's amazing that Richardson and Lockett, who I thought would be a big part of their offense, I think have combined for about 300 yards between them. Lockett is essentially a fourth receiver for them. This is a tough matchup too. I mean, the the Bills aren't a great defense. They're not a shutdown defense. But at this point, if you're a Saint, if you're a Seahawks offense that scores 13 points. In the Superdome, it's like you can't count on scoring against anyone.
3: Yeah, I think that their philosophy has been Russell Wilson and Tom Cable can overcome our lack of investment in the offensive line. And what they weren't planning on was to have an injured Russell Wilson playing all year. And he's not the same quarterback when he can't move because his best asset is his elusiveness. That's completely taken off the board when he plays now.
1: Yeah, I mean, 19 quarterbacks in the league – have more ground yardage than Wilson right now, and it's absolutely translated game to game. His escapability in past seasons—you know—they say he doesn't have a touchdown in, in in three straight games. A lot of that has to do with where drives are ending and where they're finishing with Russell Wilson because he used to create these opportunities and get into the red zone with his incredible, you know, ability on his feet and they don't have that this season. It's they're limited, but I certainly do not give up on this offense yet because oh. we've seen them redefine themselves. This to me is the most interesting, one of the most interesting games of the entire week because Buffalo has won me back over in terms of being a team that yeah, throw any of these any no matter what their schedule is, they seem to come in every week. They come in to play LaShawn McCoy is healthy, it sounds like this week. The way they managed that was obviously a disaster. But if McCoy can be what he was a couple weeks ago, then this game is absolutely competitive.
4: You would think it's a, a defense-first type of game. I mean, I, I can't see either one of these teams. Tyrod Taylor in their passing game is very limited. I mean, that's not I mean, they don't breaking any it. news. So to try to go against Seattle, even without Michael Bennett, who they, who they missed, and Cam Chancellor, who they definitely miss, they still got players stepping up. Oh, my up. God. Bobby Wagner's playing as
3: well as he ever has. Earl Thomas looks like 2014 Frank Earl Thomas. Mark. Cliff Averill is on
4: fire. Cliff Averill the last two weeks is you know the best defensive player in the league. He's
3: building whole neighborhoods in <laughs> Haiti. I
2: think <feel laughs> like Cliff Averill should have uh, – or the Lions should have re-signed Cliff Averill. <laughs>
4: it's been I a while. Well, yeah. We wrote, about, we wrote about
2: 600 articles about yeah. that. Yeah. K.J.
4: Wright is always the forgotten man, and he has made a couple plays where – he stopped the tackle just short of first down, where they might be two and four if not for some KJ Wright plays.
1: I know that we don't like looking back over the years at certain compiled records, but I do think it's notable that under Pete Carroll, against some good competition, they are nine and one in primetime games. That that he prepares them for well sure. for that, and you can't. Rex Ryan has had some real up and down affairs on 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 Monday night and Sunday night football, so. That is advantage Seahawks.
2: I like to look back over compiled records. From-
1: <laughs> you. Well, yeah. and when you do it, it's relevant. In right. some cases, we would say don't go there.
2: Um, I just want to say that the, that is not unanimous, and I thought it was important to let the public know. When people <laughs> like it. Some people don't. When the Bills – Using the royal we there in a big spot. That's all. When the Bills okay. lose
3: this game, I hope they don't make excuses and refuse to give credit like they did last week when Gronk kicked them up and down the field and they said he was a byproduct of Tom Brady, which is one of the most ridiculous sentiments I've ever heard a football mm. player say. And now you wow. got Jimmy Graham. He just got wasted. Yeah, own up. I mean, this is the same franchise that when Rex Ryan loses to Deion Lewis, he d- tries to diminish Lewis as a player instead of giving credit.
4: Right, especially a, a, a cherished – Son of Buffalo, Rob Gronkowski, who had gone home to stick it in the Bills' eyes.
2: Stick it in the ear. Buffalo loves
4: Rob Gronkowski. Jesus, the
2: eyes? Is he a psychopath?
4: (laughs) He Rob's a little crazy.
2: Um, All right. By the way, a reminder. We do have a presence on a new NFL Network program. It's called NFL Pick'em, and you could catch it three times on uh, Saturday. And early Sunday morning, eight thirty a.m. These are all Eastern times. Twelve thirty p.m. And then again, you get a little, you get a little tipsy, get a little banged up, and then you come home on the couch <laughs> or uh, uh, in your bed with your lady or your gentleman, and then you watch the one thirty a.m. show.
1: Mm. I mean, would this be a show that if you watched this, if you watched all three episodes, yeah. which would be exactly the same? That you would, you know, like a good movie, you'd see new elements, oh, new, yeah.
4: new things, new plot twists. When you're in... Oh, yeah. It's like the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, right. but a television show.
3: When you're in bed at 1.30 in the morning on a Saturday, you definitely want
4: some Dave Damacek in your life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: a lot of 10.30 Pacific,
4: though. That's a nice time spot. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be checking it out as I get into bed.
2: And for you people overseas, <laughs> listen, you got Wested. You got banged <laughs> in a big spot here.
4: You know what, though? I think if you got... NFL Game Pass. Mm. You can watch NFL Network live on it. That's true. So you could figure out. You know, you'd have to do some or some some math with your time zones,
1: or reorganize way. your entire family plan if you live overseas. Move them over somewhere in the states. Watch. Pick up your life yeah. at that point, just simply to get this show, which may not even exist. Got at that another point, example? But you never
2: know. Get your VCR out of the attic. Uh, have somebody hook it up for you over in the states. Record it, overnight it overseas back to you. Send the VCR tape. Send the tape. Make sure you have a VCR think tape. I think
1: people still have VCRs in their Not attic any. instead of throwing them away. One note, down, down in Australia and those parts of the world, they use a different type of VCR tape, actually, so you'd need to get the American oh, every, counterpart yeah. to buy all the equipment, exactly. which seems seamless.
2: I would say go on the Internet for all that stuff. We're also, we might be working on some type of periscope situation uh, as well with the show. Just putting that Is out that there. Right. Nothing's settled yet, but we're, we want to make sure we get all uh, our listeners involved. That's a scuttlebutt reading the tea leaves. There could be something happening. Word
3: around the campfire.
2: Uh, that's it for um, Thursday night's edition of the around the NFL podcast. The next time you hear from us, it will be us recapping all the games we just previewed uh, because that's how it works. That's how the wheel turns or spins round and round. That's how the Panther pounces. That's it. <laughs> this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. The biggest baseball fan in the building. Not true. The mailman. Never watched the game. The boss. And La Cid behind the glass. Who did that ATN drop? I didn't like it. Till Sunday.